Good. <laughs> Pokemon. The exploitation Pokemon. analogies get more and more complex. Pokemon during the gag economy has yeah. happened. Welcome to the Glasshouse Game Show, recorded here in London at Glasshouse Brick Lane. Since this is our very first episode, I'm joined by a full house. We have Shay. Hello. Sam. Hello. Maggie. Hello. And the two Alexes, Alex P. Hello. And Alex CG. <laughs> I like to leave you guessing as to which one I was going to go to first. <laughs> Uh, and of course, we have the wonderful kit on the tech desk as well. Uh, today, we're going to talk about work and play. But before we did that, a very important question. Uh, Pefli, that pizza that you took home, did you eat <laughs> all of the leftover pizza? There is still an entire pizza, entire, what is that, 20 inches of pizza? Mm. Um, <laughs> sickening. In the refrigerator. Frankly, Excellent. Uh, and Shay, the headphones that you won in the raffle, very intrigued. I what are they know, like? Oh, so exciting. They're actually pretty good. They fit like really nicely on my head, which is a big thing for me because I have so much hair, but no, they're very snug. <laughs> I do always wonder about that. Yeah, yeah. headphones, not standardized. No, and I, like whenever I take headphones off, I end up taking some of my hair off with it. <laughs> yeah, very painful. And yet still you have so much left. I know, <laughs> it's like it like grows back instantly. <laughs> you know, I actually won, but I didn't say anything. Did you? Oh, did you? Yeah, I had a, I had, it was called out and then I, I kind of hesitated and I think I said something to the, the person next to me and then you just moved on to the next number. Oh. <laughs> but that, that party was so, full of people who were very keen to like very, shout that yeah, they won something. Yeah. <laughs> was it the Cocoa Puffs? I don't remember. If it was the trip, I think I would have, yeah, I would have no, cashed there that was no double, There was no double numbers on that one. Cocoa Puffs don't exist, by the way. It's Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Pops. Cocoa Pops. <laughs> Chocolate Labradors, everybody. I'm not a you heard it here first. Love them. <laughs> What say? What would you? Yeah, do you know what you would? would I don't remember. I think it was one of the minor sort of initial prizes, like pie pie face or one of those. Oh, Oh, one of the board. I feel like it says a lot about me as an adult. No, if I'd won the toothpaste, I'd have been really happy with that. I'd have thought, God, free toothpaste, and then I wouldn't have to go to the shop at some point, and I'd be like, God damn, this was a great win. Shay was saying the pile of prizes looked like one of her like supermarket. (laughs) Yeah, like complete with the vitamins and everything. (laughs) I was like, Yeah, this looks like a weekly shop for me. Amazing. Well, we won't talk too much about what we've been doing this week because we want to get onto the topic. We're going to talk about work because this is a new job for all of us and the job involves playing a lot of video games. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about how video games can feel like work, how they represent work. Um, This is kind of inspired in part by an article by Ian Bogost for The Atlantic where he wrote about Untitled Goose Game, uh, the subhead of the article, which he probably didn't actually write himself. the journalists among us will know that you often don't get to choose what the headline or the subhead are. But it was, Untitled Goose Game is fun. The problem is, all games are also work. So I thought that was a good thesis statement for us to consider. (laughs) Hot takes. So I've got um, a little, I know some of you have read the article, I've got like a little paragraph from it um, that I thought I'd read out, which is, the only problem is that you have to play the game to do so. And playing a game is a chore. That's the big problem with video games. To enjoy them, you have to play them. And playing them requires exerting the effort to operate them. Games are machines and broken ones at that. The player's job is to make them work again. Um, I wanted to ask you, Maggie, because you've been telling me about how you've been finding a lot of games to be quite a chore recently. Which ones in particular? Uh, all of <laughs> let's them. call them out oh, yeah. so right now i'm playing death stranding mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a chore because you have to 
deliver things. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things. And you don't get to choose what you deliver. You don't get to choose where you want to go. You just get told, oh, yeah, take this there. And you can't really progress without doing it. Mm -hmm. So I do find that quite chill. And the reward for my work is more work, <laughs> more packages. Such is life. Yeah. <laughs> Harsh life lessons from Kojima Productions. <laughs> but so it feels like a lot of games are like that, though. Like, what would it take for a game to not feel like a chore for you? Like if I enjoyed it, <laughs> that is a harsh <laughs> indictment. That is a harsh that indictment. It like work. I mean, when I first took up Fire Emblem, I thought, oh my god, everyone's saying it's about sixty hours. Yeah. Am I going to make it? And then I played it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Well, Fire Emblem—that's a game that kind of feels like work, right? Because you're—if I got this right—you're like a teacher. You're a teacher. Yeah. You're a teacher. teacher at a school teaching yeah. kids, and yeah. then. Oh, I taught my kids manually well. everything. No, no dating your kids. <laughs> <laughs> that is, we will get kids. to that. Don't <laughs> date your students. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, you're right. You, you work as a teacher and I manually instructed every single student every week. I, I don't know what happens if you press auto instruct. Did anyone do that? Because I want to know. Could never do but it. I, I didn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I did so, oh. just, yeah, just to see. And yeah. I was like, this was terrible. I was what like, happened? yeah, it, like it just does it for you. It but I prefer work. to mm. do it myself. It's just. I think it auto selects like the yeah the yeah. core strengths that they start mm, with. Yeah. So you, there, it just takes away any customization. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, it's important. Sort of the idea of like actual work versus the simulation of work because the simulation of work like in a game like The Sims or something, <laughs> it's part of the whole, you know, the feel of the game and you're not actually having to go through all these minute tasks, whereas... You say that, forcing, actually, uh, in, right, recent, in yeah. a recent-ish <laughs> update for The Sims, actually it's not even that recent, I think it was like two or three years ago now, um, they introduced, one of the expansions was all about work and you got careers that you actually got to follow your mm. Sims to their place of work. You could be on a zero-hour contract. Like. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so this is the thing about The Sims. Um, obviously, like a, a big part of playing The Sims is giving your Sim a job because that's that's how you live the capitalist dream and yeah, yeah. you know make money and own a house and all that kind of stuff that um, most of us around this table probably will never do in real life. Um, but there are some jobs where you can actually go to work with your Sims. A lot of them you just send them away. But I think like a scientist, you can be a doctor, you can be a vet, and you actually have to go and like carry out tasks every day in order to get peak job performance and get promoted. Mm. But it's very, the way that work works in The Sims is very uh, unrealistic, I guess, in that you're always guaranteed a promotion if you hit certain levels. Mm. There's no like boss in your way, mm. barring your way to get a promotion. Mm. There's no glass ceiling. Yeah. There's no discrimination by right. race or anything like that. <laughs> right. um, they also introduced, I think, um, uh, leave for when you have a child in The Sims. Any mm. parent can take the leave. Like it's not limited to the one who had the pregnancy mm. or whatever. So it's maybe a little bit unrealistic. But I, what I wanted to talk about is why, okay, because The Sims, obviously one of my favorite games, a game where you do a lot of the things that you do in real life. Why do we like playing games that feel like work? Mm. That's, yeah, that's a big one. I So I have a very specific thing about I like games where I feel like I'm in a job, but my preference is for games where the job's fictional. So I like The Witcher, I like the Stalker games. I'm kind of enjoying that aspect of disc running because it's not, for me, like, it's like you have to learn rules and you have routine to follow and you've got to meet these standards. If I'm just doing that, I'm probably gonna get bored eventually. Um, but like the idea, like The Witcher is a great example because 
you get to embody that role and stuff. And I think it gives you a relationship with the game world. So if you have a job, like a job and the thing you do is like, like that's that's how, what you live for it. So it's kind of like when you play a character, like if, like, I don't know, like being the big hero or whatever is like very boring to me. But like if you're a witcher, you've got a job to do and you've got to take care of your potions and you've got to look after your swords and stuff. And I don't know, there's something really satisfying about, you know, the methodical nature of all that. So when a game gives me this fictional role and I've got to learn all the ins and outs, like I really weirdly enjoy that. I don't necessarily enjoy The Sims, so it's definitely, I think it's the learning. So it's like the fictional job. The mastery. And getting, mm. Yeah, so I think that's what it is. It's not just like giving me stuff to do. It really is about letting me embody something that's weird. I'm sorry, I really like the minutiae of that. Um, the same as like games like Elite Dangerous and stuff, and you've got to look after all these minor aspects of the role that I think, and a lot for a lot of people is really off-putting. But for me, I'm like, no, let me, let me, you know, like if you put me in a game where I'm like the space captain, I don't like if I'm a Mass Effect game had you like managing your fuel and you had to negotiate with like like merchants for your fuel and things, and like you had to balance all that and you had to sort your crew's salary and stuff weirdly i'd think i'd be really into that to degree like there's definitely a limit like i don't like full-on simulation like eve online or something but i like a little bit of like you know just like i'm my job isn't just a title that i'm giving it's like actually something that your character has to actually contend with you're talking about wanting to feel useful is that you think just like a reflection of uh this kind of pressure we have in real life you know when people talk about um universal basic income and stuff and it's like what well, who would we be without our jobs do you think that's where it comes from so this is, this is a weird thing because like i obviously i'm i'm anti-capitalist and i don't think people should be made to work jobs and stuff and i think society does not benefit by making everyone pressured to do that but for me personally, and I was talking about this what, yesterday about like how I've never taken a week off and I haven't taken a week off and gone holiday in years. And part of it is the fear like if I don't have something to do, like when I have a day off, if I'm, if I'm not seeing friends or I don't have a game to play, I will write a novel. I will work in my own game. Mm-hmm. I will. I feel like if I don't have something to do, I'll go crazy. So like, I don't know, for me, it's weird. Like I wouldn't promote it for other people necessarily, mm. but for me, it's like, no, please, please don't give me nothing to do. That's terrifying. And I think, I think maybe that's part of it then, the like games that let you, they give, they let you internalize your purpose. So you mm. know what you're supposed to be doing at all times. And you go, right, when I get here, I'm supposed to be doing this. Whereas like, I don't know, I guess the games that maybe bore me and stuff are games where I suddenly start to feel aimless and I'm like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but you bring up, that's an interesting point in terms of you're talking about like being alienated. That's why I got bored with Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Specifically that. I didn't you, feel you, I had a job. You think about being alienated in like a modern capitalist society and the way people relate to games and some people look at it as an escape from those things and some people, you know, find their identity through games and through playing them. But I think there is like that fine line because when you were describing The Witcher just now, it's like one person's fun is the other person's choice yeah there's you know? definitely I'm, someone I'm listening to it and i'm like oh geez like that's one of the reasons i've avoided that and it looks so amazing but like there's a certain level of granularity that i can take and then beyond that i, I think i, I think of, um you know. i don't want us to turn into the witcher fan podcast <laughs> but i think one thing the witcher does though that's a nice middle ground and i think it exemplifies what i actually like is the feeling of method and stuff i don't need the simulation of it because the witcher does things like 
So when you first find your ingredients for a potion, you need when you want to make a potion for the first time, you have to find all the ingredients, you have to find all the herbs and stuff. But once you've made it once, to replenish your stock, you just need alcohol. So it becomes this thing of you still have to go through a little bit of the method, but you don't need to repeat the whole thing. And I think that's a little element of convenience and fantasy that's like, yeah, I don't need to I don't need a simulation as such. I just I just want a sense of like, I guess, connection with that character and their role in that world. Shay, you play a lot of role-playing games, mm. right? So do you think that that's the appeal of role-playing games, that you always have a job to do and you always have tasks to tick off and after you've done one task, there's always another task? Absolutely, and I think for me it's like intentionality. If I feel like I'm just doing stuff for the sake of doing it, that feels like work. But if I have, yeah, like a list to check off from, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. The intention is clear, I can follow that, it's fine. It's when, yeah, left to kind of figure stuff out on my own and my weapons are breaking every two seconds breath of the wild i just so turned off like (laughs) it's so interesting i feel like we're maybe dividing the group a bit because um from what maggie was saying earlier it sounded like you don't like being told what to do you don't like people saying you have to deliver this item to this place whereas me sam and shay are like no tell me what to do give me a list What do you think? You make us sound terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, we're just sheep. Just tell us. I'm I'm including myself in that group. It's like, please give me commands. I have agency, okay? I'm I'm in charge of my own destiny. I can stop being a witcher anytime I want. (laughs) What do you think? Really, Sam? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not so sure that's true. not so sure. (laughs) Sorry, I've only put in 500 hours. It will ease off eventually, okay? I'll stop. But this is the thing. Why do we, why do we spend so much time outside of work that we do in real life role-playing other jobs well, there's in people our who, games who do the same job i mean there's all those like memes about truck drivers who play euro truck simulator mm. or farmers who uh, play farmers <laughs> like, yeah. did you did anyone ever play spin tires that's the game where it's like you truck simulator but specifically about people that like go to like logging camps and stuff and you've got to like come over muddy terrain and stuff and I loved it. Like I would like I would set up a playlist and I'd set my cabin and you're just delivering logs <laughs> through like river rapids and stuff and these amazing. like big Russian trucks and I was like I don't know why I like this but this is really I think though like I get, that's the interesting example because I've never like I mean I don't think there is a game journalist game but I think <laughs> what would that look like? But I have played game games dev, uh, game the closer I got I used to be a cleaner and I have played um Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor, where you go around cleaning up a, sh- a town, and I really love that game. Um, so I guess like, so it's not just like it really is something compulsive and in- engaging about doing a job. Because even if because if I'm literally doing, I mean, it's not the exact same. Like I'm not. There's not like a whole VR thing, and I've got to like scrub <laughs> toilets. And there stuff. is that VR. Uh- there's like a the VR toilet scrubber. Yeah, well, no, but it turns into like something that you like have to kill all of the. You're like, or you're cleaning up after a massacre. Oh, the like um, yeah. viscera cleanup. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there is, yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess there's games, but they did. They don't. It's not like a full blown simulation. It's only the aspects of the job. Like I think if a game was like asking me to be a real journalist, Sam, when you're done, make sure there's enough bleach for the next day. Empty the Hoover. Blah blah blah. Like um, also, you get paid nothing, and you go home. But I don't know, it's weird that like, yeah, I'm attached to like going and doing jobs, even if they are like easier versions of those jobs. Do you think the appeal, even for people who play games that are based on their real life jobs, is that in a game, everything is under your control. There's a kind of illusion (coughs) of competence and control. You always know exactly what you need to do to achieve the task and you know that it's achievable. 
Yeah, well, there, I mean, like, to go back to being a cleaner, like, there's no, like, you're not playing Spaceport Janitor and then suddenly there's a day where all the farmers came in and the entire there's an entire two inches of mud all over the floor that you suddenly you have to deal with and you were not prepared for. There's none, there's none of those external random frustrations, but I don't know, it's a weird one because it's still, you're still doing a bunch of chores and stuff. And I guess, but I guess the real framework for me is like, is there a story driving, like, is there meaning? And like, you talked about intentionality. And I think the thing with like Spaceport Di- um, Diaries of Spaceport Jenner, okay, I was a cleaner, but the, the whole point of the game was this um, story about being, I guess, trapped and cut off from real life adventures. Like the game has a sort of weird commentary because you, pa- you pass little stalls that sell like RPG weapons and stuff like fancy swords and magical armor, but you can't buy any of it. You can mm. never afford it. And even if you could, you're never leaving the planet and you're never going on adventures. And so there's a sort of running commentary of like our, the way our real lives run parallel. And because there's games we do play for fantasy. Like even if the Witcher is a job, like being a Witcher is still a fantasy. You're a monster slayer. That's way more exciting than cleaning toilets. But I think, there, I think it's the thing that I'm always looking for is direction and like a sense of like, it has meaning and it's because if a game just asked me to do chores and there was no narrative or anything i don't think i'd buy into that have none of you ever ended up doing in that position in a game where you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again like um in destiny in that loot Mm. cave where people were just shooting into the cave and it obviously wasn't fun in its own right but they were doing it because they just felt compelled to or like I, when I played no. Minecraft, I didn't play it in any kind of fun way. I wasn't creative. <laughs> I would just go into, I'd go underground and I'd mine in like an, a precise mm. square tunnel just forever. <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah, I, cause yeah, I'm the same. I'm not, a, I'm not a creative person. So when I was playing Minecraft, I was like, oh, I'm either gonna go uh, have it, Having worked with you for several weeks, I want to <laughs> chime in and say you are all very creative. <laughs> Just throwing that out well, there. Like, like when it comes to building stuff, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to build a perfectly functional home. Like that's all I want in real Square. life. So I'm going to recreate. You that don't want to build a treehouse in the ocean because no. that's what I did when I jumped in Minecraft. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would basically do the same. I'd like dig a hole and then be like, okay, put a torch in there and then like go out into the wild, try and survive for as long as possible, die and then rinse and repeat. I love so. the thought of you but in the real life just die. survivors and just dig a hole, put a torch in there, I'll do. <laughs> but see, I ran, I ran into like this in with, real life. I ran into this with um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 actually. Mm. I was playing that for the Switch a while ago and there's a lot of hype for that game and there's a lot of maybe redeeming qualities but this actually exact problem, this is what I ran up against. I, I logged, you know, 80 hours, something in the game, there's tons of stuff to do but there's a certain point where when you scratch beneath the surface, you realize that everything you're doing is just this big Excel spreadsheet. You know, you're just, you go to a quest, it's just a bunch of text and they say, get this item. Most items are all the same. There's no real difference between one item and another item. You do these like gotcha things with your little, I don't even remember their names now, the, the blades, like the things mm. that you summon and you send them off and they get experience and they come back. It's There's something about I, the chores have to feel, even if they're not real, they have to have some like ev- evoking a sense of, of affecting the world not even narrative it doesn't have to make sense just within the game world that you're mm-hmm. affecting the game world and that it's changing and you're doing something because otherwise you do just feel like oh i'm just going through this game designer's checklist and <laughs> for me historically that was i i always had that problem when achievements started becoming a thing in mm-hmm. games and so, uh, some people like yeah. them and that's fine but i was always like it felt like me like they were trying to in this sort of like when you think about it as a as a capitalist process they're like well this is basically just a way to maximize our you know get our attention captured and get us stuck in these games as long as possible by making it this like feedback loop of you know we were talking about this before the, the old, old flash game called achievement unlocked 
that maybe mm. some people played where you just start as a this elephant in a room and you you take one step and it's oh achievement you you take a step and like, okay cool and then you jump it's like achievement for jumping and you just realize that <laughs> everything gives you an achievement that to the point where of, it's, um, it's like a puzzle yeah, exactly. you, yeah. <laughs> when it's like you figured out how to swap things yeah. from one hand yeah. to another yeah. hand congratulations Do it five times but, yeah. but then the, the funny thing about that game was that it kind of almost becomes a, a commentary on mm. that because then trying to get the achievements is this like weird meta puzzle evolve. because then you're like, okay, maybe if I jump backwards and try and like kill myself on this spike, <laughs> I'll go there like, yeah, you killed yourself on the spike. You're like, oh, awesome. You know, so there's, there is a, yeah, there's I've been a weird finding balance. that with ancestors as well because you have to get the achievements in order to get the progress with the evolution. And we'll talk about this more when we talk about the game, but yeah. um, you find yourself doing things that are counterintuitive because you're like, oh, maybe I need to do this thing five times to yeah. unlock the achievements for doing this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotta go like throw myself at a tiger five they, times. What did they actually give you a checklist? I can't remember. I think once you did it once. Then yeah, you... but it's all blurred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you ca you don't even have a list of tasks to complete. You or have you an incomplete list. That there was things to do yeah. with a basalt rock, uh, yep. but not what those things were. Uh, or oh, like here's here's a list of so you you dodged a tiger well done here are all the other things on yeah. that list and they're all blurred out so it's like i guess i've got to go and throw myself at every creature in <laughs> yeah. this game and dodge it so yeah. that i get the achievement for dodging it but that, that's how we evolved that author is maybe onto something with that although they were meaning it in a different way with that machine comment in mm. the sense that to me it's we always compare games to you know, other media rightfully uh, cinema and you know literature and all these other things but Fundamentally, they are their tasks almost similar to doing something in real life, like building. And Minecraft is a good example: building a Legos or building an actual thing. And there's something about that where even as humans, like forget games, even, whether as children or as adults, you know, you can get stuck in. I could walk into a room and someone's building like a paperclip little castle, and you're like, "Oh, what's? I want to get in on that. Like, you know let's let's make to, our paperclip castle, even though it's it has no meaning." You, you know? know how I used to play with Lego when I was a kid? That's I would good. empty all the Lego blocks out, and then I would organize them by color. And then I would put them in grids by size and then I would, time would run out and I would stop playing with Lego. I never oh, really, oh, I never built things with Lego. I just organized the blocks. They're good for that. Yeah. <laughs> I had big tubs just full of Lego pieces. things um that came up from what you just said i wanted to ask you uh alex p um one thing is have you got far enough in the new pokemon game to realize that you can send your pokemon on pokey jobs uh, oh my goodness <laughs> pokemon the exploitation pokemon. analogies get more and more complex pokemon during the gig economy has yeah. happened yeah. so there are, you can uh at the computer in the pokemon centers there are lists of gigs um that you can send your pokemon on that you're not using right now so the ones you're not using to battle for you to earn you money you can send away on gigs to do things it's like it's not enough they've got to rest life and limb for i was gonna say if you're not if you're not dying fighting then you better get out there and earn your <laughs> well this is it right like what the ones that are in the computer or in the balls not doing anything you got to use them right you got to make them productive <laughs> to earn you money God. and to get xp so you can wow. People want cute Pokemon to attract consumers. We're the and pocket they... I mean, that's, that's uh, 
This is That's this Pokemon is why Digimon is the yeah. superior yeah. monster game. Wait, so tell me, what was that? You're saying black and white? Did they deal with that thing? They, yeah, they deal with how like Pokemon are just these creatures that are being thrown into battle at the will of. Uh, of What's the conclusion? I don't know if there's supposed to be humans right. in Pokemon. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I mean, so that was I'm, probably the generation that they actually took the narrative a bit more seriously. Yeah, but is that but is it a diegetic reason or did they come up with an actual framework that? Uh, analyzes it <laughs> people who are just listening that noise was just Shay's water bottle it wasn't a Pokemon under the table revealing itself uh, I can't remember how that ended actually I mean that wasn't like that was just over a decade ago or well we've got our call to action for this episode we're all going to go play Pokemon black and white yeah. and uh, <laughs> research oh god more work <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah every single uh, episode of this show is going to finish with homework by the way <laughs> I, I, have, I have not gotten that far. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I haven't started the game yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, get on it. You got work to do. Yeah, uh, no, it's just yeah. You just you can send your Pokemon on off on jobs for certain amounts of time. If you've got a strong Pokemon, they can go and help out at the building site or kind of a trope these days with kind of like squad based RPG esque. Uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed did it. You could yeah, send you people off to murder people. Well, I was going to bring because Death Stranding ends up with a similar thing. You start sending ro robots to do deliveries for you. <gasps> I've not got that far yet. And Assassin's Creed does it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but, ro robots but, and Pokemon, not the same thing. No, no, but but the, the, the thing that <laughs> I'm interested in there is though, like, the game has given you a task to do, mm. and it's like, what if we pretend <laughs> other people are doing the thing for you, so you can get very like arbitrary awards rewards for it oh you can pretend to be the boss who does no actual work themselves and yet still reaps the rewards <laughs> is that the so that's a real capital stream you can then set the top of the pyramid and you can reap the rewards of people doing the job that you were forced to do well this is the thing with people who set up kind of uh, automation things in games right mm. so I can't, I can't think of an example yeah, factorial. factorial yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> or even MMORPGs right don't people kind of set up scripts and yeah, stuff for them right, to exactly. be able to go farm Macro, you know, a lot of those things yeah, yeah same game i mean even like prison architects you can like there's just stuff with the guards or security systems and stuff like that where prison architect is a whole other <laughs> conversation <laughs> what a game what a name for a game yeah <laughs> torture simulator 3.0 <laughs> yeah it's okay to enslave people if they are criminals exactly oh i yes. thought it was a game about an architect who built their own prison kind of and it's a sad kind of experience going back to minecraft <laughs> okay Awesome. Um, I, I would, the other question that came from what CG was saying, um, the idea of uh, when you look at a game too closely, it's just a spreadsheet. There's this theory that's been going around for a while that a lot of games are basically just tidying up simulators, which would explain why I like video games so much because I like <laughs> to tidy up. But um, so Tetris is the classic example and you mm. being a big Tetris effect fan, I wondered if you agreed with that theory. So like a first person shooter is a game where you tidy up all the living yeah. people uh, mm. from the screen until they are ones no more. Into zeros, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've never thought of I've never thought of Tetris any version of it. I guess as tidying up because it feels more like a for me playing Tetris is kind of about getting into that almost out of body experience of like the the, the zone. It's you don't get that when you tidy up. <laughs> <laughs> It's high praise. Um, no, but it's, it's. I mean, there's that term for it, right? Like, uh, Runners flow. high? No. Miguel uh, Chick sent me high? Hmm. I think Mikhail they call it, I believe high. they call it the Tetris effect. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. You're probably right. <laughs> so you're saying it's about getting into a kind it's of like. It's like into where you're not, 
it's like your brain is on uh, is on cruise control and yeah. not in the sense of like brainless consumption yeah, of cinema the, or games. It's like the it's the flow state. The uh, flow Mikhail Chin sent me chick sent me yeah. high. He's the he uh, designed the original. Tetris? Nope. No, no, no. no, no. That he's a psychologist. A, okay. okay. Do you know who designed the original Tetris? It would have been the Soviet guy, right? Yeah, it was a Russian uh, guy. That's all we know. That's all we know. I'm sure he has a name. Pajitnov, <laughs> no, Alexei Pajitnov or something like that. Tetris. Yeah. If, you, um, if you know, then I'd, you're I'd, smart. That could also be another random name, but I think it's Pajitnov. Alexei Pajitnov, yeah. Damn. Well done. Not bad. You are employee of the week today. Who do I get? But yeah, it's that cruise control where your your <coughs> body is acting like without without conscious input i guess which for me cleaning is the opposite of that i'm thinking <laughs> about oh this needs to be cleaned but there might be a point to what jordan is saying and more in the abstract sense of like aesthetically you are you know you're you're changing the it's state of the remo- screen. Games are very subtractive. It's all about yeah. removing things. Yeah, yeah. You're constantly removing and like changing the state. In that and sense, even with you know. role-playing games, right? You get a quest list and then you tick things off the list until there are no more things left. Yeah. yeah. What about like city builders? You are tidying up problems in your city. You have to create the problems first, <laughs> though. Because you? you start Ooh, with a blank slate. I like it. More hot takes. Uh, <laughs> so if it was to get really existential, would I say that all games are basically simulating the heat death of the universe? Because <laughs> what all games are, you just everything will slowly dissolve into nothing. There's nothing left. Games are garbage. What's that called? Just kidding. Uh, entropy. Entropy. Decay. Entropy, yeah. Entropy. Yeah. Um, it's Mihai, except Mihai. There you go. Uh, so the flow state. What do you, are you guys like completionists with games or not? Because that would might feed into that. Am I? Well, no, I don't even have a platinum trophy. It, like, I, <laughs> even some outside games, of trophies, just with in-game quests and stuff. I've had like maybe in my entire life like <coughs> three or four games I've been a completionist of, um, and I'm only, I'm only going to include <laughs> one. Witcher three. I'm only going to include <laughs> ones that they're they're the stuff that's a completionist stuff is stuff out with the main like Shadow Colossus isn't a completionist game because there's nothing to do outside of the main right. thing. So of the games with like side activities and stuff, The Witcher Three, funnily enough, no. Like, because if you, if I really boil it down, I don't do all the treasure hunts and stuff. I just do the the quests and contracts and stuff. I I go into that and get what I want out of it. The games that are actually completionist now go and do everything. Um, Dark Souls, um, Bloodborne, and that's like the 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 element of mystery. Because I, I want to, like, it's like a puzzle box. And it's like, I want to know everything. So, like, if I, if I miss an item, then there's a piece of the story in the world that I've missed out on. So you would go, like, go and do everything. And particularly, like, Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, you've got to play through multiple times to be able to go down certain avenues. So, like, loads of hours sunk in because I'm like, oh, no, I need to. And you could go and read it on the wiki, but I want the first-hand experience of it. And, like, so, like, I think anytime I've been completionist about that, and it's not a checklist it's more like oh, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on something as soon as The Witcher by comparison like a game I love to bits but when I see those treasure hunts I'm like I don't need to, I can immediately take them from my brain discard it's like, I don't need to do that okay mm. so like when you're presented with an Assassin's Creed game for example and the map has a bajillion markers on I it I just you go don't feel compelled. assassination main quest fuck the rest of it like <laughs> very like Odyssey um, like they, they actually categorize The Witcher actually does a similar thing they categorize quests by color to tell you of their like import and so, like, the main quests in Odyssey are, like, gold, and then there's, like, little silver ones and stuff, and, like, they're all categorized, so they, they tell, you know as soon as you see the little icon, whether it's a quest that's worth your time or if it's just, like, a fetch quest and stuff. So I immediately would go, no, nah, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that, and, like, you would just p- 
pick out the good stuff. Like I don't. Will this quest to let Cassandra get with a lady? <laughs> a lady. Well, my will, will <laughs> I be able to increase the harm on my ship until it's like fifty of Cassandra's waves just sailing <laughs> about the seas? Um, Maggie, you're a completionist, aren't you? No, not really. What you were, te- <laughs> you were telling me that with Luigi's mansion, you just felt compelled oh, to do did, absolutely okay. everything. No, not no. I didn't actually chase down the booze so you there is the booze yeah. oh sorry no. <laughs> i was like Al- luigi is <laughs> luigi is going after like why he's following some uh, hard times the real monster is alcoholism <laughs> <laughs> hmm. and then i go i did it <laughs> <laughs> luigi's mansion anyway. more like the shining than i expect so so you chase down ghosts so you're supposed booze. to chase ghosts down like you get i think 30 of them but you have to buy and each one is about a thousand bucks you have to buy like their locations so after five of them i got really bored of playing hide and seek with these annoying little booze who's selling the locations to these booze because that is a racket <laughs> a snitch they're, they're snitching yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's running out the goat that's bad security culture it's the, man. Professor. it's the professor you rescue from a painting his name is egad you rescue him and he yeah, pays and you then, back by charging like, you money yeah <laughs> i like each time it's a, a thousand bucks so after five i just was like oh this is boring what yeah. what cap- what capitalist nightmare well. like, like, wait, wait, you they... say capitalist nightmare right but i i loved hoovering money it's gonna be look we've all played sadists you know Evil capitalists in games. You literally, in Luigi's Mansion, you use a literal vacuum, though, don't you? It's a poltergeist. (laughs) Yeah. So you hoover money up. Sometimes it's in the form of, like, toilet rolls <laughs> so you go into every bathroom just in case there's a toilet roll that's Surely actually made like of the money. gangster rolls of money right it's not <laughs> no no it's actually the loo roll Egad's paying it's, you it's the like... loo roll you have to go and hoover it like note by note yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah i guess there's a whole other aspect as well there's not just doing work for the sake of feeling productive but doing work in order to earn in-game currency even mm. if you really don't need it mm. that that turns me off <laughs> super quick in a game see if i reach a point where i'm like oh i need to do this work to earn thousand gold so i can buy something i'm done i would see that game so quick i hate that sorry this is interesting because on rpgs i often find you know the classic kind of like super nintendo era kind of ones i there's this almost thrill from getting something that's too powerful early you know so like Mm. you're like oh if i just grind a little bit and get a bunch of gold then i can get like this sword that you're not supposed to get until you much later and then i'll go through the whole beginning of the game just you know slay thinking that it's going to make the rest of the game much quicker but you spend spend more time and you could have just played three hours to get to it doesn't it also sound like what you're saying actually made me think about i mean this dovetails with microtransactions and stuff like that where that is that's like the the nightmare circle coming full you know, a full circle of like, yeah, it's work, and then, then it actually intersects with your intersects with your actual labor and money, and mm. you know, people wanting to complete and have everything, and then oh, and the know, argument like, of um, uh, microtransactions and loot boxes not being gambling because what the reward that you get can't be exchanged for real world currency, but enough people who play games company perceive <laughs> in-game currency as valuable yeah it's also it's also not always strictly true because i mean like people sell their world of warcraft accounts there's there's ways there's definitely economies that surround those things so i'm not i'm not like i don't even think that argument holds up but there was a whole thing with diablo 3 when there was there was the auction auction house house. what 
Uh, they took it away, I think, pretty quickly because I imagined of it all, was banned. <laughs> um, yeah, they just what did they just cancel exchanging in-game items for real-world money on? Was it um, Team Fortress or something hats or something like that? So I guess it it is interesting as you think about we're bringing up MMORPGs like these massive FPS games, which, and even the idea I, we were talking about this before that like and this is this is very curmudgeonly of me, but like that I'm. I, I was lamenting where what happened to the arcade shooter, what happened to these games where you could jump in, have a round, and then leave and not feel like there's this whole progression that you're missing out on. But there's something about those of like, it's, I love RPGs, but then there's that, there's something that slog has started to become, there's almost Every this like, genre. Yeah, every genre has become like RPG-ified in a way, which 15 years ago, I would have said it sounds like my dream because that was like <laughs> all I played was RPGs. But now, now it's almost like, it does get a bit the, diluted so that the progression is the just The fascinating every, thing about that, though, is like every other genre has taken on the baggage of RPGs, whereas yeah. RPGs have been chucking it out. Like, they've yeah. been like, right, less grinding, less leveling up and stuff. Yeah. No like, random battles. You know, yeah. like, you've, you've, you know, like, that's where they're all gearing towards, like, whereas all the other genres have, like, taken it on. But it's because, like, it ties into games as service. Like, you get people on that treadmill. Like, yeah. I think of, like, um, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter back in the day, this weird example, but <laughs> at a, you in the multiplayer, I remember you would jump in and you could pick all your weapons and stuff, and all the weapons were unlocked. There was no unlocking. You just had the entire game's arsenal. You just picked what you want, and it was just a choice. And now I think, I, yeah, definitely. In fact, in the, the new Ghost Recon games, yeah, it's all unlocks, and you had to grind away it and stuff, and it's like... I'm so put off by that. Like, I really that that's what really feels like working games. Whenever like you're literally making me jump through hoops to get content. Like, and it's not a narrative that I'm being pulled along by. It's literally you. I can. It is like if you do this, you get this. It's it's mm. it, is, it feels like literal work. I love that though. So the new Pokemon game. Currently, the only thing that's motivating me is the clothes shops. And the fact that you can exchange your pokey dollars that you win in battles oh, for that's, that's That is how they'd get me, though. If you tell me there's outfits at the end of that <laughs> grind, then that is where I'll maybe cave in. Um, I have gotten but, all the outfits in Box Boy and Box Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. I'm just my, saying. This is my moment to champion Final Fantasy Lightning Returns. Oh, oh no. I, I was going to talk about Monster Hunter. Because, because the, cause those, yeah. the outfits in that are all very good and very cheap. Yeah, <laughs> what motivates you to play Monster Hunter? Because so, that is a game where you work Okay, you yeah, are a monster hunter because yeah. yeah, like because so to bring it back to like intentionality monster hunter and i think there are some parallels to be drawn uh between monster hunter and pokemon like once i you know get all my brain cells working one day i'm gonna like fully flesh out that thought but like the whole game is you hunt monsters and then you make armor and then you hunt more monsters and make more armor. Mm -hmm. That's the game. Like life. Yeah. <laughs> and like, as, <laughs> as like time goes on, obviously the monsters get bigger and harder and the armor gets cooler. And like, for me, a big motivation is seeing like what sets I can make later on and, you know, mm. being interested. Yeah, in that's, that's the one. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one I get drawn in on. Mm. I Does think this reflect the real world grind where, so in RPGs, there is this thing where things get harder, but you get better equipment. So really the difficulty stays the same, right? Because the monsters have more health yeah. traditionally, but you have better armor well, see, this, and better weapons. This is where Monster Hunter kind of gets good yeah. because Monster Hunter, one, the act <coughs> of hunting monsters is really involved and good in mm -hmm. itself. That they like, that's enjoyable so it's not like just this thing that becomes a chore like yeah. even when you're like 100 hours into the game you still have to pay attention and the thing that they do with the monsters and they don't just get harder in a really arbitrary way it becomes okay now the fights are more elaborate and there's yeah. more moves and 
you know, particularly the Iceborne expansion they brought, really goes to town with like, yeah, okay, well, you're familiar with this stuff, so now these monsters can do a hundred different yeah. things. And I think, so that doesn't, I mean, it, get, it is a grind, but yeah. it never feels yeah. like, when I'm playing it, it never feels like it, because I'm, even though it literally is, you literally, you're on the treadmill of, oh, if I do this, I can get that armor, and then I can go and kill that monster, and then I can get this thing. Like, it is, it is a checklist, but it never feels like Because one. that's the intention of the game. If the game says it's one thing, and then you end up, like, yes. grinding for no mm. reason, yes. that's what makes it... So, again, not to make this the anti-Breath of the Wild <laughs> podcast. Well, it's not. It's <laughs> just frankly it, not. Keep it going, keep it going. It's just because, not. So, so. so the problem I have with that game is that you're, you're telling me that, okay, nothing I do matters here because I can go and take on Calamity Gap and at the beginning of the game and then you put in all of like these tedious kind of barriers to my fun because mm. apparently games is all about being fun i'm like how is this fun when like my weapons break every two seconds like wh what's the intention of this world whereas monster hunter it's in the name monster hunter so <laughs> you know you're you're told from the outset and it's like okay this is my job this is what i'm going to do Brilliant. That's all I need. Link is classic, living off universal basic income, doesn't have a job, <laughs> wakes up after a hundred years of being asleep and is like, what do I do what with a myself? Bomb. God. <laughs> Although, but this is You've an made interesting- You admire Link a lot. <laughs> so this, is, um, this is an interesting point though, because I was actually gonna ask you a different question, but now you're making me think like, cause to me, so I was, for, earlier I was comparing games to like a task, but mm. if we are gonna talk about it in terms of art mm. and culture, like to me, the unexpected is a big part of playing a game, mm. you know, of, of being able to be challenged and surprised and, you know, have a critical experience with but it. But no, surprises so, are good. No, right? no, true, true. So I'm just thinking, because to me, because I, I like Breath of the Wild so much, what was it? I, I So it was the fact that the world, it felt like there was no, like, overarching purpose, sort of. It was just, you. I can beat the game, so... Why, why, why would I do all these other things? Is that what you're, you're saying? Kind or? of, like, I, I, maybe it's a fault of mine to compare it to previous titles, but mm. those were like really linear games. Like right. you, you knew what you were doing, you were going from A to B to like do this one thing. Whereas like, obviously there are like the four divine beasts or yeah. however many there are, and like, you know, you're gonna go and fight them, but like, I, it kind of it just is a feels bit like aimless. for what? Yeah. Like, cause there's all these shrines, there's all these seeds, I'm like, uh, what 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 for? The like, what's seeds the are the definition. That is of work. just yeah. <laughs> I've played I think that. The seeds were quite fun though. If it's you also were. Uh, it's, an optional it's like a thing. treasure yeah. hunt. Yeah. No no yeah fair enough fair enough. I, I was actually gonna if I can ask I was gonna ask because you you play a lot of fighting games mm -hmm. isn't it and I think that's almost like a classic example of like the the grind you have to put in to, which to me I'm like why would I play for like a hundred <laughs> hours to learn how to but do this combination? But that's different, right? Because with a fighting game, you're not putting in an in-game grind where you're not improving sure. your skills yeah. personally in any way, but the character in game is just ticking things off. With a fighting game, right, you're improving your actual physical yeah. Yeah. skill. Does that feel more, more useful and more productive to that you? That feels more useful, especially because of how you get better. Like mm. you, there is no safe way to get good at fighting games. It's about being uncomfortable. You need to lose like 50 million times right. before you're like, oh, See, this all right. is This is why <laughs> Dark Souls was the thing the treadmill yeah. i went on for ages doing the the <laughs> pvp stuff because it's because it's like stats don't matter so much in dark souls so mm. it was it was very much the fight i've never really gone to fighting games mm. but it was very much that thing of like getting really good to the point that i would deliberately go in my way to use the weapons that statistic but on their stats were the yeah. worst and i would go and use them as a challenge to myself and that's why i would take to pvp and that was the exciting thing was getting so good and knowing exactly when to roll and stuff like that. Yeah. So I can, yeah, I can totally appreciate that versus the artificial grind of like, well, if I sit in a hundred hours, 
I will get I will get this little bar over here, and then I will get another number. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> there's something like, to be said for the the lonely game kind of thing though, because that's what I get with Breath of the Wild. Like, there's something. A good kind of melancholy from like being in this that's, that's an aspect vast of I really emptiness liked. and just kind of walking around and, and I, I'm fa- yeah I'm famous for, for amongst us for <laughs> for defending what is probably indefensible which is the the forklift job in Shenmue one <laughs> which is like why it's it is it is bad it is probably really bad that. but no but I <laughs> but no, I, but I can get into it. No, but maybe it's meditative. It's a meditative thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of thing you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. I've got a, I've got a a quote to read out here from Patricia Hernandez, senior editor at Polygon. She tweeted recently: "The pull toward boring shit in video games just tells me people don't spend enough time doing meditative shit IRL, like cooking, cleaning, working out, anything involving process. Mm. To be clear, I see value in both, but I also think people often try to cut out the downtime, process, meditative moments they could (coughs) get from real life. Cooking, for instance, lots of people don't think they have time." for it but also probably mm. easier to get people to let their guard down when it's presented as a game yeah. like I hate the idea of sitting down to meditate I get two in my head but I slip more naturally into it in the middle of an XP grind yeah. what do we think mm. yeah well because a- yeah I cook a lot and like I do my bouldering and stuff so when I come to a game if a game presents me with like grind and like that kind of thing maybe that's why I bounce so hard because like I've, I've got that fulfillment yeah like I, I work out like pretty often so yeah like that's my that's my grind and that's my fill like so making me do that in games where I'm supposed to be having fun is just not good for me it's, Maggie you do a lot of cooking yeah, but you would play a cooking game right uh, no. no you wouldn't <laughs> I love the, the unexpected you know this is like I, the, I the, the wedding game or something and and like, <laughs> Maggie's just been feeding you lies before this <laughs> So she could come just in here. Said I like cooking games. <laughs> I would. I maybe I'm just I'm projecting because I love cooking games I, and I also love to cook. Yeah, I love I love cooking. I mean, I, I love fighting in real life and I love fighting <laughs> games. So there's definitely. That's but flat. maybe maybe it's a good point then as well. I mean, it's it's a sort of obvious if if you say it, but like it does reflect. I mean, depending on your where you are in your life and different life sort of phases, because I I can remember not only when I was young, but in when I was a bit younger and I had more time on my hands and especially in times of like depression or mental health issues whatever it is very easy to kind of get stuck in those things and have Mm. that replace what should be sort of like healthy outlets for or even not just if it's if you're having mental health difficulties but just like when you're a student and i mean theoretically you should be doing a lot of work but you feel like you have a lot of free time so you spend more time playing pointless video games because you don't have so much real work to do Mm. yeah pointless Uh, (laughs) I mean, it depends on, well, let's not get too philosophical. To to come at that from a slightly different angle, I was always interested about like um, romance games, uh, dating sims and stuff. Uh And I was, the thing, the reason I bring this up is because the interesting thing to me is like, I don't play dating sims or anything, um, but I'm single. But all the people, (laughs) all the people that I know that play dating sims and stuff tend to be in relationships. And I'm like... So it's like a because you would have you would think the reverse, right? Like, mm. oh, I'm single. I need that emotional fulfillment. So I'll play loads of romance games, and it's like living vicariously. But I find the opposite seems to, to happen, where it's people that are in happy relationships end up playing all these romance games. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm trying to like, I don't know what I'm just bringing that up. I don't yeah. know what it means. It's just I'm not like sure. Putting I, in the work. To, <laughs> yeah. Just if we're talking about like what you know, you play games that are work to fulfill that need. I'm just wondering like. But then I can think of this other example of games f- would seem to fulfill something, but actually it's the reverse. So I'm just wondering. Do you think that a dating sim really does fulfill the need for emotional intimacy? <laughs> Fire Emblem thinks it does. Well, I clearly don't. <laughs> I do like romance games. Don't date your students. 
I do like romance in games though. Yeah. But not just but just not a game built around romance. No. I think the the reason like I when I think of games that I like with romance in them is more because it makes me care more about those characters and their relationship and stuff. Like and I mean, usually because it gives an, an avenue to define the characters queer, which is like a which is a nice thing for me. But yeah, I don't. I, f- I think the closest I've played to like a dating sim would be like Butterfly Soup, and I don't think mm. that's a dating sim as such. But that's like the closest, or any Bioware game, I guess, is the closest. I've got <laughs> but to is it sim. is it just the case that the work that goes into dating is too much work for you right now in real life and in games? Maybe, and I'm just totally, and I'm like, I've written it off. Whereas when you're comfortable and you're in a relationship, it's like, oh, I can, you've got so much energy and time for this. Is that what it's like to be in a relationship? <laughs> <laughs> I just have, I'm, I don't well, know. I don't know. Energy. I'm, shaving, time, yeah. I'm imagining, I'm imagining, I don't know. I've, you know, you know, I've just been told, I've heard stories. everyone's uh, kind of favorite games that feel like work but you like them anyway ooh, ooh. I was thinking about this because I was like it's not that I don't like being told what to do like tutorials are helpful but a game where I have a job and I have to get money and I have a purpose that I really liked uh, that'd be Kingdom or Kingdom New Lands or Kingdom <gasps> Two Crowns oh, I love Kingdom which is really you know first a ghost turns up and it says follow me so you follow it then it says right <coughs> pick up these coins, hire these peasants, build a wall. Did you feel compelled to pick up all the coins like in Luigi's yes. Mansion? <laughs> it's a, it's a pattern fantasy. here. No Hoover this time. <laughs> no, it's fine. My horse can do it. Yeah, you just ride over them with your horse. Yeah. And they Does, pick them up. do criminal job, do criminal careers count? Uh, that is a question for the table. What do we think? About criminal? what? For is it, is what? it a job being a criminal? It is in it's The Sims. <gasps> it is living, in Monaco. Oh. Oh, yeah. But the reason I'm bringing it up is probably my favorite game that's very staunchly about a job as Thief, the original Thief games. And I still go back and play them. And they're they're very explicitly about you need to make this money to make your rent. So go out and steal some stuff. Um, so they're very explicitly about making money. Survival. From, you're making meeting yeah. your needs. Um, and I love that. But that's but I feel that's probably more to how it's dressed up. I don't think the actual I don't mm. I'm not playing it because I want to be in the the situation of having the to Tetris earn money. effect. You don't have a Tetris effect in Thief. <laughs> oh no, I not do. Really. I do I zone out when I'm <laughs> definitely I get my Zen when I'm like sneaking around and stealing. You're things. not talking about the Tetris effect where people close their eyes and see Tetris blocks, which no. I guess would be Sam finishes playing Thief and then goes mm. out and thieves things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this is a massive tangent, but just while we're on weird psychological effects in games, I remember I played the game Shadow Complex when I was really mm. tired and I played it for like twelve hours straight or something. And when I finished for like half an hour after, I couldn't, because it's a side scroller, I really, my I brain couldn't, couldn't turn left or right. <laughs> like I had in my I head, in I walked into a room and the switch was, bes- the, the light switch was beside me. And I was like, I can't, what the, my brain has just been warped by this game for a little bit. And I had to like go and sit down yeah. until my brain like, for, so that's a weird, there's a weird one. You turn into that, a cat having to physically turn your entire head to look at things. <laughs> That, that was an interesting the way when you brought up Kingdom though because that's it's the so called like roguelike in the sense it mm. resets right yeah which is a, that's another interesting thing because I I do like some of those games like the old Sheer and the Wander or Pokemon Mystery Dungeon all these like DS ones and stuff but that's an even more interesting sort of 
uh, what do you call it? Spanner in the works, as you <laughs> folks would say. And, <laughs> what a palaver. Uh, what a palaver. <laughs> I'm telling you, over here in the UK, they got palavers uh, by the dozen. People, but, people uh, listening to this, our first episode, are going to love all the in-jokes that we have referenced that, so far that, that, we, are not that don't exist. The, yeah. Yeah, mind. Don't worry, you'll catch but, on, you'll catch on. <laughs> what, but so what I was going to say, though, is that that is almost the epitome of like, you put in all this work to mm. get a build, to get a certain thing, and then, it, and then it, you lose it. And you just have to start all over again. But but some of them, it, it's like, what is it that thing that keeps drawing you? It's maybe it's cathartic, night, though. These things come, and they're little monsters, but they also have big ones and flying ones, and they're called the greed. And they want my gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> the, I have to defend my kingdom. Those sons of bitches. But when you, like, lose... Have you ever done the thing where you just you just start again? You got to start again, yeah. Yeah, and but so like, where I is that? I better next time. What draws you in? Is it just the, uh, yeah, I'll improve? I'll be better. I'll yeah. be a be better, better ruler. Yeah. I don't know if this is my son, my daughter, my grand, whatever, but I'll do better. Yeah, I think sense. Yeah, I think with me it is that, like, it's it's nice in a rogue in a roguelike because everything does go away. And, you, like, any mistakes you've, you've made, they're something. gone. And you've yeah, got a, yeah. yeah, you've got a blank sheet of paper. You get to start again. Yeah. Unlike Whereas real in real life... life <laughs> <laughs> You end up with emotional baggage, <laughs> yeah. which is well, maybe why the truest roguelike is Rogue Legacy, where you just inherit all yeah. the bad mm. traits from your predecessor. I found that too hard. That was frustrating. It's a very hard game. Very hard. But it's interesting because I guess the modern, so, you know, roguelikes, like I was thinking of Dead Cells, which is mm. an amazing game, but mm. they also do build like long-term progression into the game. So you're not actually technically resetting, whereas the, the really old ones would just be, you just, Lose that's everything. it. Yeah. You just have to start from the beginning. Yeah. You know, is Dead so. Cells the one that was made by a co-op? Yeah, the, yes. the French one, yeah, the like yeah. horizontally. Yeah, it's Dead Cells Ocean is an amazing, yeah, amazing yeah. game. But. Interesting. I wonder if that has any bearing on why they made the game that way. It isn't. I mean, we were, we also talked about this when we were talking about Call of Duty and sort of like why are the games, what, what, what we should demand more of our games, but also why don't we see certain things made in games more? And I think that is that an honest answer is because of the way games are made. Yeah, they're not democratically the games made. Where rather than on a, on a you know, treadmill tearing a job, where's the game where it's like, <laughs> set up a socialist commune. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone works together for their, like where, where, where yeah, is it that reflects game? the, you know, the, whatever the labor conditions of these industries. Yeah, I was, I knew <laughs> someone was going to say something. <laughs> I've never played what, Tenchi. Is it, What's Tenchi? Ken. Ken. Tenchi. Tenchi. Oh, Tenchi. oh yeah. Isn't that like a whole money thing? A whole money, money thing. Yeah, like you've got to earn currency. It's stuff. more than money. Everything is a uh, whole money thing. So what is, you were talking about this. What, what uh, is, well, no, I mean, it's just a, a completely like, I mean, there's no checklist at all. Uh, so maybe it's not everybody's cup mm -hmm. of tea, but it's uh, it's very much a like, um, create your own path in the world. Uh, so you start as like nothing and you can follow take the game in kind of almost whatever genre you wanted to be like a single player it's a post-apocalyptic setting isn't it yeah you've got to, like, oh not even post-apocalyptic it's like a foreign um planet kind of thing like oh, it's right. an alternate it's, universe okay. uh, kind of what's thing. the like perspective is it like a management like 3d it's not isometric but you are like setting really above zoomed things out. Yeah. it's 3d it's not like you yeah know, but you set above the action. but you can just like start little outposts, little settlements and creating like, you know, there's a whole world economy and everything. So you can be part of that economy uh, in any way that you- But does the game facilitate if you decide to not engage in the economy and you want to just meet the needs of your people and they can be happy? Yeah, yeah. The game won't, because <laughs> I often find like games where like, if you don't meet the arbitrary treadmill of capitalism, the game goes, no, that doesn't work. I mean, there's no Some end state. state. That no, can happen. There's no win state in the okay. game. At least that I know of, mm. and I have like. I think the closest that game to this, like, directional that that I got really sucked into was Daisy, because I spent I mean, like, hundreds of hours in that. And there's, there's n the game gives you no nothing. There is nothing to do. 
you can do loads of stuff in it, but there's nothing you have to do. That sounds like hell. <laughs> what about there are zombies? <laughs> are you guys into like resource management, strategy games, or anything like that, or no civilization? I, anything? Oh no, tool war. Um, still, be still my heart. <laughs> I love love a good tool war or homeworld. Not lately. I'm just curious because I'm trying to think of other genres where there's a yeah. lot of like rote tasks and yeah, just yeah. RTSs things. are full of them. I'm thinking like. On paper, I guess, like, civilization would be something that I'd like. I think there's there's too much to do. Mm. I'm like, mm. I want enough that I can go from, like, A to B, like, comfortably. But if you start telling me you need to be responsible for these people and you need to, like, give them a purpose, I'm like, oh, no. Shay I, doesn't want to be the boss. No. <laughs> well, like, I don't even know I my own purpose. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing in life. <laughs> How am I supposed to give that to somebody else? No. That's a, see, no, see, there's an interesting thing though, because like the games I like most are the games where you're your own boss. You're not in charge of anyone, but you're not, nobody's in charge of you. So I'm like, Witcher, Thief. Like, you're a are, freelancer. Yeah. Mm. You must like Anthem. Is, this, is that the game where you're a freelancer? Oh, yeah, you're, nice. yeah. Okay, cool. So you need like a, a Deliveroo themed game. <laughs> yeah. Well, according to Deliveroo and the thing, Uber, like... they're not employees, they're contracts. So does anyone <laughs> like does anyone like games where they are in charge? Is, is that the games that gravitate towards? What are some games? Though? I think you do. Because Sims think you could, be, could be argued that well, you're, you're in charge. you're a god, right, in yeah. Sims. Mm. I mean, it doesn't get any higher than that. It's <laughs> my favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you, I mean, you, you've both said you like like being able to organize systems and sort of... I'm thinking about those games where um, you were asking Jordan about um, like what games kind of feel like work that you really enjoy and I was probably the one that's the most is something like City Skylines like a mm. uh, city builder but in a sense where there's not really there's no grind in that game but mm. if you don't plan your city you're gonna have a shit show <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not and you can still get once you've kind of whatever master traffic management or whatever that's when you start getting into the aesthetics and everything but you can go willy-nilly with your roads and zoning and everything like that but you're gonna have a, just an absolute you're not gonna have a good I time with yeah. with your city and so but what i really liked was kind of almost i would draw out like intersections oh. on a piece of pen and paper before building them or like go into whatever. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's like Zelda one level of like, I'm gonna like map <laughs> yeah, the dungeons because and stuff. It was like. all like, but that was felt like part of the game. Like it was like, it was almost designing this aspect of the roads or or the zoning was, was part of the game. And the game obviously never explicitly tells you to mm. perfect your City, but Alex that, is like, I play every game with a pen and paper. <laughs> this, I mean, this actually it. ties really nicely into something I wanted to talk about Wilmot's Warehouse, which Maggie mentioned earlier. Um, so the way that I am playing Wilmot's Warehouse is I'm only on my first run through, but I've got this thought in my head of like, once I've unlocked, so the way yep. you play Wilmot's Warehouse mm -hmm. is top down um, warehouse organization simulation. Everything is squares. So you are a square called Wilmot. And then all of the things that come into the warehouse are squares with different pictures on them. Some of them, you can't really tell what they are. Some of them are more obvious. So they come in, you organize them and it's just a big empty room. So you don't get told how to organize them. You just have to decide for yourself. And as you progress, you can do things like <coughs> Like clear space in the room to make it bigger and you know reorganize your stuff every few turns people come to the entrance and ask for things you have to find them in a certain amount of time which means you have to have organized it well but the game gives you no idea of the best way to organize it you have to decide it yourself so for mm. me the perfect game the way i'm playing it is that um every few turns you unlock more things so i'm playing it in the knowledge that eventually i will know what all of the items are and then i will print them out and I will, in the real world, decide the best optimal way to organize every single item in the game so that when I start again, I will know ahead of time 
the best way to organize the items. That is how I'm playing Wilma's Warehouse. I, I, can, wanna... I can feel that. <laughs> very, wow. Very interesting. Um, which I don't think is the way you're supposed to play the game. Uh, I get right, the who number. cares how you're supposed to play <laughs> it? No, but if it, that's fine, yeah. But I get the impression from the people who made it that they very much didn't want it to be the kind of game that feels compulsive okay. uh, in the way that games are liable to feel for me. So yeah. like um, Dick Hogg wrote this thing for Gama Sutra about making the game um, and said, uh, so he worked in warehouses uh, in real life for Asda Boots and in a picture archive at the BFI. And he wrote, the initial idea for this game comes from how much I enjoyed these jobs. They were rewarding, interesting, fulfilling jobs for various reasons, but the main one to focus on here is how game-like they were. A big part of my enjoyment in all three of these jobs came from trying to be good at them, optimizing my routine, becoming an expert on the informational topology of the space, even altering and improving that topology when the opportunity arises. I kind of self-gamified these jobs for myself. Has anyone else here played Walmart's Warehouse? No. Now I'm curious. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you should all go and play it. It's incredible. I have what a if- feeling we'd play very, very differently. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is going to be this like monstrosity. <laughs> it's like- yeah, it's a, it's, it, it sounds like it could be stressful, but it's not like it's quite forgiving. If you don't get people their items in time, you mm. don't lose the game. You just right. get to okay. keep going. Um, you just don't get as many stars or whatever. So if you're achievement oriented and you want to do well and get gold stars like I am, then it might be a bit stressful for you, but yeah. it's quite relaxing. I almost love it when games are like grading me because mm. when I don't, I inevitably don't get the grades. I'm just like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> See, but then there's like, you know, SteamWorld Heist, that's another one that came out a few years ago that mm. I, maybe just, it is just about how much you like the game and how much you're willing to buy into the world and all that. But I just, I, I, the first mission I got two out of, I think you can get three stars. That's like a good rating. And like, I tried to go to the next mission and I was like, I gotta get three stars. And then I just, I beat the whole game getting three stars and everything. Sometimes resetting a mission and playing it from the beginning. So like some people describe like uh, near uh, Automata and these games where I guess you have to replay it multiple mm-hmm. times. And that sounds like a nightmare to me. Cause I'm like, oh, there's so many games I wanna play. How can I mm-hmm. replay the same game? But then I'm here, you know, then there's it, this other thing which it's totally fine for me. Like I'll replay the same battle four times just, just to get it right. I have that There's, with Overcooked. Yeah, okay. I can't progress until I've got three stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of part of the game in a way, though. Yeah, like yeah. Because you have to get enough stars to progress. To open anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's true. See, when I games are like that, and I'm like, I'm immediately like, oh no, 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 no. Because mm. now, because if I get far enough in and I realize that I'm approaching the threshold and I've not earned enough, I can just see the time lost ahead of me, and I'm just like, no, nope, I'm done. And I'll just I'll quit those games. Just like, no, nope, bye. But then you don't get to the Onion King. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will never meet the Onion King. Yeah. See, I'm think, quite sorry. I'm quite put off um, games like that usually. But Sayonara Wild Hearts makes it really fun because all the songs are really good. So it's actually like it doesn't feel like a chore. Um, yeah. Replaying um, to try and get like the gold medals, um, and also there are like trophies that you can get really easily. Like one of them is I think press start and like so you pause and unpause the game like 12 times and you get a trophy i'm like yeah that's a nice achievement. Oh, I can do that. we like easy achievements yeah. in this house <laughs> Basically, <laughs> but that does seem to be a theme of like if it if the grind is related to content that mm. feels like it's it's making the game world more rich and more interesting mm. than like because even like celeste you know like there's all these 
got all the strawberries, all the heart, all the crystal hearts, the B sides. But part of that is because by doing it, you you get to play more of the game. You know, yeah, if, you, if yeah. you do it, you get new levels. You get so that feels. It's not just like a prestige thing. Although I love booting into the file and seeing everything. <laughs> you know, just basking in it sometimes. But th- yeah, there's something about giving the player something back, and even people who are completionists, which I've I've started to become one, but not really. But you'll see some of them critique. People, you know, they'll critique games where they feel like I, I did 100% and all I got was this like credit roll. You know, like they want something, the mm-hmm. developers to be like, you know what? You spent 150 hours. That's on you, hours. you <laughs> jump. No, hey, you spend that hey, long. That was always a question though. Like what, when a game asks you to 100%, what reward, because I remember um, Assassin's Creed 2, if you collect all the, flo- uh, the feathers, you get a cloak that allows you to do crimes in front of the guards mm-hmm. and there won't be any consequences. And I was like, but you've hundred percented the game. So you've done everything. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's no use for it now. Like, yeah. and I mean that's a weird thing. Like, there, there can presumably there can be a reward. The only thing that you could Google than that is probably something that breaks the game in a way that's fun. Obviously, that Assassin's Creed thing was, I guess, fun if you were like, what if I did the thing I was already doing but with no tension? But I think I don't know. Like, a game could be more fun with no. that kind of reward at the end of it. It's interesting, isn't it, that when we finished a game and we have nothing left to do in the world, that's not a good feeling. You would think that it it. would be. Well, it just feels feels like suddenly this thing that felt... Because this this is why I'm kind of like wary of open worlds, because when I have... When there is like a... There's a literal like... When you do this, there's nothing left to do. Like I get... Yeah, it feels like... Because it feels dead in a way that, say, something linear... Like The Last of Us never feels like it dies. I finish it, but it never feels like it dies because it's Mm. a story and I go back through... I can go back through that story. But an open world... You get to the end, you've done everything, and it's suddenly that f- the world just feels like, oh, it ended. It's like it's me on a weekend. <laughs> like I've got no, I've got no work, <laughs> but it doesn't feel good. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, but then that's why I like sometimes like games where I know there's always more. With The Witcher Three, I'm playing it back through for my series, um, and like I was in it last time, and I found a quest. I've put 400 hours or so into the game, and I found a quest I'd never done before, and I was like, oh my. 400 hours and I've still found a new quest. It's incredible. But, and I'm like, I've never looked up a quest guide because I'm mm. like, as long as I believe there's more quests, the game will never ah. die. <laughs> and uh, we're, uh, by comparison, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because it, it flags all of its quests, I know when I'm done with yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And that is kind of sad. It's like, mm. give me the mystery. Let me know that there's more, there's stuff to the, I like it because Dark Souls does that for me because I'm like, I bet you there's still things that I haven't seen and done. And like, but it, so it sounds like you like games where, you know, there's this trend at the moment to try and make people play a particular game for as long as possible. Like games as a service, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like you like a game where you know you can spend hundreds and hundreds of hours in it. Whereas other people are like, no, I want to know that I can finish this in 10 hours and That's move me. on to another thing. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I don't, so I, Maggie. Yeah. I don't like games that are endless though. Like mm. I just, like I do, the, Witcher, the Witcher still has like an ending, right? So I still need, I still need a point where I can like, I'm done and I have that emotional fulfillment. I, I want an, a climax, I want a conclusion to the story. Um, and then I can be like, oh, that, that was nice. Because um, I really, really hate games with bad endings, cause, which is a lot of games. Um, <laughs> but I hate getting into a game and it's like, wow, I sunk all this time and I cared about what was happening and this is it, this is the best you can give me. Like, yeah. But whereas a game with a great ending is you know, fantastic. But So it's not about having hundreds to do, but certainly, like, it's, it's, they're sort of related because I don't, I don't want hundreds of things to do necessarily. I, but I will buy into that if I can. There's a narrative to pull me along. Like mm-hmm. The Witcher Three, I will put in four hundred hours, like no problem, because I know that there's a story I can follow. 
I can finish and I have emotional fulfillment. And also because the, the things that you care about doing in that world are made up of those little chunks of little narratives and little short stories. So it never feels like, oh, like Destiny for, by comparison is like an endless amount of things to do. But you, I just, I don't care about any of it. Like I was like, oh, I can go, I can go and get this and I'll get a bow so I can keep doing the thing I was already doing. See, that's interesting because Monster <laughs> Hunter World, I buy into. Destiny, theoretically the same thing, but Destiny, and I've care. said it so many times that people are going to be sick of me saying it. it's because that's the intention of Monster Hunter. Destiny, what's the intention there? Like you do stuff. There's a story almost. It feels good for its own sake, I guess. I guess. <laughs> me. Talking I, I, of, I do uh, enjoy skeptical. it, but it's like I put in. I don't. Put, I don't get on the treadmill. I go. Oh, I play because I. I got it again. I haven't got Shadowkeep, but I got it again just so I could try out the bow. Mm. It's like, oh, the bow feels great, and I put in like another twenty hours, and I was like, this is great fun. And then they were like, oh, you could get Shadowkeep now, and I was like, yeah, I'll see if I want to. And it's been a week now, and I'm like, I don't think I want to. I think I'm, I think I got what I wanted yeah. out of it, and that's it. Speaking of getting what you wanted out of things, uh, we should probably wrap up the conversation there. Uh, if people, so much fun. Well, we need to eat biscuits. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, I spoiled That's it. Valid. It's biscuits. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. But we don't know what kind of biscuits. <laughs> Can you make a little bit, a series of tasks that we have to do to get the biscuits, maybe? Because <laughs> Yeah, you have to be quiet while I, while I read out this bit. <laughs> That's your task. Uh, if people want to uh, send us thoughts on work and play, they can post on glasshouse.games. They can email community at glasshouse.games. If you send us a good email, we will read it out on the show. Uh, you can also tweet at GHG show and you should all follow there if you're not already. Uh, so finally, as always, we follow up all that food for thought with food. This week I've baked because it's the first episode and it's a special occasion. Bum, 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 bum. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Look at those. Uh, so everyone take one. For the audience who are listening only, I'm going to describe them while people are eating are they different flavors off the mic. They are, are they? different flavors. Wow. So what we've got here, uh, you have to take them, take sorry, them, eat. Sorry. Well, I, just, I want to pick my flavors. <laughs> I like choice in yeah. games. They're so pretty. So what we've got here for people who are listening only are uh, pentagon-shaped biscuits uh, with pentagon-shaped holes in the middle Aww. with... Uh, flavors? Yes, they are flavors. Uh, you want to take one? I want to know what the flavors are. Okay, so uh, the yellow ones are lemon, I think. Mm -hmm. The green ones are lime, probably. Ooh. Basically, they are stained glass window cookies in the shape of a house uh, because glass house. How apt. You've uh, got the right this ang is amazing. angles. On. I have, yeah. So what I did, uh, speaking about pointless work, um, I printed <laughs> out our logo. I cut it because I didn't have a glass house shaped cookie cutter. Um, I cut out the logo on a piece of paper and then I painstakingly oh <laughs> painstakingly cut uh, the biscuit dough. And then you cut holes in the middle and you put a boiled sweet crushed up in the middle oh. and then you bake them and it makes little windows. But it was fun, right? It wasn't like a grind. Oh yeah, no, it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. Um, and it counted as work. So I will be charging for it. <laughs> There's tasty. a reality. What do we good. think? Those are incredible. They're yeah, good. amazing. That was perfect leather yeah. as well. Cool. Yeah. Uh, has anyone got anything they want to share for the week ahead? Anything you're doing? Anything um, you want people to watch? It's not. It's not happening any. Well, it's happening within the month. But I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say this every episode until it does. Go and register to vote, mm. and research for the election, and do the right thing, and don't vote for Tories. <laughs> that's it. That's my. That's my homework for our audience, please. Anyone else? Just backing up what Sam I said. I endorse this message. What Sam said. Awesome. No one yeah. else? No. 
Cool. Okay. So I guess uh, if we've made you hungry, you can bake these biscuits by basically just making biscuit dough, cutting a hole in the middle and putting a boiled sweet in. It wasn't that difficult, but apparently very impressive. Uh, if you have any suggestions for food or topics, you can head over to glasshouse.games uh, and leave us a comment. Email us at community at glasshouse.games, as I said, or tweet us at GHD show. Thank you to Shay, Sam, Maggie, and the two Alexes, P and CG. <laughs> <laughs> for joining me this week <laughs> uh, does anyone want to give their twitter info anyone want some followers I am at Sam M. Greer or one word I'm at moods underscore jpeg but with no e that's a long twitter handle really <laughs> <laughs> no one else okay no cool uh, and you can follow me at Jerrica Weber. Uh, thanks also, as always, to the wonderful and very quiet Kit who's been sat here for an hour and 10 minutes not <laughs> saying anything. Uh, thank you, Kit, for making the show happen. I was going to say every week, this is the first show. Thank you for, <laughs> in future, making the show happen every week. And thanks to Dan C. Parks for the music. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Talk again soon.